Hey guys, welcome back to Keep It Rolling with Keegan. Uh, today we got Isaac White on, uh, Hawk Star. Uh, he played college basketball for Stanford, Divon School. Um, grew up in South Australia, local Aussie. Um, I think that's, that's awesome. Uh, really just like kind of an idol of mine. Just amazing basketball player, great shooter, amazing hustler. And yeah, just a pleasure to have him, have him on. Absolute honour. Probably the sexiest man in the NBL. And yeah, um, yeah, thanks for listening. Hope you enjoy. Peace. Uh, hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Keep It Rolling with Keegan podcast. Uh, today we've got a guest on from the Illawarra Hawks. Uh, you also played college ball in America for Stanford. Isaac White. Uh, thanks for coming on, man. Yeah, appreciate you having me, bro. Excited for it. Um, first, first, um, my mates from school just wanted me to ask you, uh, mm-hmm. who's your, who's your top five all time? Wow. Okay. Top five all Straight time. Straight into it. Yeah. Um, right into it. Uh, MJ. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. LeBron. Mm-hmm. LeBron deserves it. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to put Steph in there. Yeah. Um, maybe, damn, it's tough. Wilt, yeah, and Kareem. Just yeah. going off, you know. I'm not, you know, I'm going to be honest. I haven't watched that much, um, you know, older basketball, seventies, yeah, eighties basketball. But just of just off what I do know, um, and what I've seen now, that'd be my fire. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, so that was a, that was a pretty tough question to hit you with straight off, but you, I know that was a pretty that was a pretty good that was a pretty good response. A bit different to mine, but yeah. Really? Really? Well, you got three of the same people as me, but instead of Steph and Wilt, I'd have Bill Russell and uh, Tim Duncan. But Okay. No, fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. You got arguments for that, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I just want to jump into uh, asking you first about just your younger younger days in your career. Uh, when it, mm-hmm. So obviously you grew up in South Australia, yeah, which uh, is I did. More, of a, more of an AFL state, wouldn't it be? Yep, spot yes. on, exactly. So, so you would have started off playing AFL? Yep, that's correct. That was uh, kind of my main sport. You know, my dad played that and I watched that growing up. Um, and that was kind of my main sport until I was maybe, I guess, 13, 14. But yeah, yeah, yeah. big AFL guy. Not so much anymore, but it was definitely uh, most of my childhood. Yeah, yeah. So, so when did you um, jump into basketball? So I played... I played kind of um, at a less serious level when I was, I want to say, eight. Um, yeah. I kind of just played, like, in a local competition. And then by the time I was, like, 10 or 11, I was playing, like, like Division One club basketball, which I guess is, like, you know, pretty competitive for that age. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I guess w- what I'm saying is my focus wasn't necessarily on that. Um, I kind of – I played cricket as well. I was just kind of playing whatever I could. Um, yeah. But I guess most of my love – um, was poured into football at that stage, so I kind of just played it as just you know a side piece, I guess. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting because for me and some of my mates who play basketball, it's kind of the other way around. Like we play basketball and then just like a bit of muck around AFL on the side because it kind of ties in pretty well. Yeah, but yeah, exactly. Yeah, I guess it's just uh, you know a lot of influence of I guess where I grew up and like what yeah, the sure. you know, football is most definitely the main sport over there, and obviously. Um, that's what I grew up watching and what my dad played. So it's just, yeah, I guess what I was, was all I really knew was that. 
Well, yeah, yeah. I think yeah, playing lots of sports as a kid is a pretty good thing to do. But absolutely. When did yeah. you when did you really fall in love with basketball and realize you know that's what that's what you wanted to do and that's that's a, that's the sport that you wanted to pursue? Hmm. Um. I'd say a defining moment was actually when I was when I was going on maybe fifteen. I kind of had to make a decision between AFL and and basketball. Um, and I remember I got sick. I forget the illness. It was kind of a flu or something like that. And I got sick for about a week where I was pretty much just bound to my bedroom and I was just kind of surfing YouTube. Um, and I just started getting into these Jeremy Lin videos. I guess that was about the time when yeah, Lin Sanity happened. Yeah. Kind of, yeah, very random. But I just I started watching this Jeremy Lin stuff and I kind of, uh, I guess, had a moment where I was like, damn, like basketball's a very global game. Like it's it's kind of... Um, you know, AFL is just very much within Australia. It's got a little bit of reach outside, but it's just kind of a one country sport. Whereas yeah. basketball is just so global. Like I'm, I'm watching a Chinese player play in America from Australia, I yeah, guess. Exactly. And that kind of excited me. And I, it kind of hit me. I was like, you know what, maybe, maybe I just give basketball a go um, and kind of make it my focus and see what I can make of it. And so um, that's probably the closest thing to a defining moment I have for you. Um, yeah. But yeah, from, from there, I think, as I kind of had successes and I got to travel and, um, you know, play at higher levels, I think only, it only helped me grow my love for it, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Complete sense. Yeah. I think, mm. um, yeah, something like that where you just see something, you go, yeah, holy crap. I love this game. Just want to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, exactly. Yeah. When did you, so in playing basketball, you, by that point you've been playing for about six years probably. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. As I said, it was probably less, uh, you know, I had less, uh, you know, input into it. I yeah, kind of yeah. just played it as a side, but I'd, yeah, I'd, I'd been around the game for about that that much. Yeah. Yeah. So when when did you realize like with basketball you were you were pretty good? Like it wasn't like just a bit of a muck around thing. Like you could probably make a career out of it. Um, making a career out of it probably. I didn't really think about that until I started receiving uh, college interest. I'd say. Yeah. Um, I, I was much better at, at AFL. I played at the state level most of my, my childhood at, for football. So I knew I was good at that. Um, and I knew, you know, basketball, I'd made some state teams and stuff. But I guess I just didn't really understand, like, the pathways more so with basketball. Like, it's it's kind of random. There's so many leagues and, like, you know, no one really talks about it in Australia. And especially at that time, they didn't. And so it wasn't until I reached maybe grade 11 and I started getting uh, college offers and college interest that I was like, okay, maybe there's a bit of a pathway here. Maybe I can go and do the American thing and then see if I can make a career out of it from there. Yeah, I think that's, that's yeah, that's cool because I think that it's really weird, the information about how you actually get big at basketball and even getting into college for basketball. Like there's not much information out there, which I want to ask you about a bit later. But uh-huh. um, high school basketball... Um, how did that, mm-hmm. how did that really work for you? And, um, cause I think it's a bit different now because for, for Astra, we don't really have a very good school comp and it's mostly just, um, uh, playing yep. like our local comps and then rep and then state levels. Um, so, yep. so what was that really like for you at that point? Yeah. Uh, I actually had a really good, um, high school basketball experience. Uh, but you know, as you, as you spoke on, it's not really a legitimate pathway. I think in America and probably some other countries high school basketball is kind of a thing whereas in australia it's it's kind of you have to do it if the school makes you and you know some kids play it for fun but club sports kind of the 
the prominent pathway. But um, my brother, who's a massive influence and one of my best friends, is two years older than me. And so I got to play with him for a couple of years in my high school team. And I took that stuff really serious, actually. We won, we won our state championship um, three out of the four years. And, you know, we went to nationals and stuff like that. So my high school experience was actually really cool. Um, as I said, it didn't really help me in terms of my future prospects or anything like that. But, um, you know, I, I love the game and I thought it was really cool to be able to play with my friends in that high school space and um, kind of, you know, travel with that too. Yeah, that's really cool. Like playing with your brother would have been awesome. Like I've got a, I've got a younger brother too, oh, younger awesome. than me, and we got to play on our high, uh-huh. high school team together as well, which it's just, it's just awesome. Yeah. It uh, is. It is. I, to this day, I think about it, man. Like, I mean, you grow up playing with him in the backyard, obviously. And so, um, actually being able to play organized basketball, even if it's high school, um, super cool. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, and yeah, I think it's really cool because you, yeah, you're just there with your mates, just day off school to go play basketball. It's pretty fun. Exactly. <laughs> super, super fun. Yeah. So, um, as a kid, when you were looking at, um, like, did you, did you really have like aspirations for high, th- higher things in basketball? Like, once you once you kind of when you said like fifteen realized that playing basketball was something that you wanted to do, um, uh-huh. were you really looking at like NBA um, things or being in Adelaide? Were you looking at like the thirty sixes and going, oh yeah, that'd be pretty cool to play for them? Mm. Uh, not really, to be honest. I ever since I was young, I knew I wanted to play sport for a living. Um, I didn't know which sport or to like what capacity or anything like that, and um kind of with basketball i just went in pretty blindly i didn't really think about um i knew like the nba is the epitome and to this day like i I have aspirations to play in it but i never really looked too far ahead um if that makes sense i kind of just thought i just kind of saw what was right in front of me and and kind of thought how i could climb the ladder that's in front of me so i think at, at the age 15 i was more concerned about you know making a state team and then from the state team try and get on a national team and go to college and stuff like that i wasn't necessarily thinking you know, how do I get to the NBA just yet? So yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just like more immediate goals and like more long term goals. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so like with the thirty sixes, was that like something you went and watched them? Because I think Joe Ingles is from South Australia as well, and I've heard him talking before about how as a kid thirty sixes was what he wanted to do, but then he ended mm-hmm. up playing for some Melbourne team and then going to Europe, then the NBA. But um, was right. was thirty sixes a big influence in that at all? Uh, again, not really. I think just because I grew up um, so much more interested in AFL, yeah. um, I probably wanted to be on the Adelaide Crows much more than I wanted to be on the Adelaide 36s. But um, I went to maybe, I want to say, two or three games in, in my entire childhood yeah, for right. the 36s. So it wasn't necessarily an influence like that. Um, when I was, I want to say, 16, 17, I did get to train with them. I was kind of like a uh i guess untitled development player for them so i was around it a little bit which kind of got me a lot more interested um probably in the nbl and the 36s but no again i just didn't really i didn't really think about it i was kind of ignorant um i guess as a kid i was just kind of thinking about yeah as we spoke on what's right in front of me now yeah just like the next step rather than the end goal more so exactly Uh uh-huh so i want to ask you quickly I, i was trying to research your height and there's a lot of mixed information. Mm-hmm. How tall are you really? I'm I'm a legitimate six one. Six there one. is a I'm six one. In America, I, I could get away with six two because everyone kind of stretches <laughs> yeah. it. And I mean, you, my teammates like to call me I don't know like five four, five five stuff like that because I'm. Yeah. It's interesting. I've actually thought about this. I, I watch myself sometimes on, on 
camera and I'm like, like I look short, like yeah. I really do on the court. <laughs> I look quite short. But then I think the feedback I get is like when someone stands next to me in person, they're like, okay, like you're taller than I thought. And I think what I put it down to is it's my, like my body proportions. It kind of sounds mm. weird, but yeah, yeah, no, I think I have like kind of like a stockier look and it kind of makes me look shorter. Whereas if I was like a little twig, I guess I'd look a little bit longer and leaner. But yeah, uh, that helps me to answer out. your question. Yeah, to answer your question, 6'1". Yeah, 6'1". Yeah, so like 187? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, the, the, it works in the opposite way for me. I'm 6'5", but I'm really skinny, so I look even taller. But Yeah, you look <laughs> like a footer, yeah. Um, so also, when I was researching about your career, I found that you scored 65 in what was probably like a youth league game, was it? Yep, youth yeah. league game over in Adelaide, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I know you're probably going to tell me it wasn't like that higher level or whatever, and so it doesn't mean much, mm-hmm. but playing basketball, scoring 65 is really freaking hard. Like, you have to score yeah. a lot of points. So, just talk me through that. How how how'd it feel, and like how'd the game start to get you into the swing to get to sixty five? Yeah. Uh, so it was. I mean, it's youth league division one. Uh, I'm sure you're familiar with what that level's like. It's not. It's not horrible, but it's not. Um, you know, it's nothing I'm gonna. Uh, you know, boast about forever. But basically, my team had six players in that game. We had a bunch of injuries and stuff like that. Um, I kind of knew that I was not going to get subbed out or anything like that. We had no other, I want to say like maybe one other guard on the team. We just had a bunch of bigs. And so basically I had to kind of just make it all happen off the bounce. I think I had 23 or so in the first quarter. Um, I just, I remember getting to the foul line a bunch. I had around 23 in the first quarter, um, four, around 40 by the half. Um, and then by then I was probably getting double teamed and I just kind of, Kept finding shots, to be honest with you. I think my teammates kind of bought into the fact that I was rolling and they kind of got around it and just tried to help me get open. Um, but I think, yeah, it started by getting to the foul line early and then, as I said, 40 by the half and then by the time the damage was done and they were getting, you know, they were double teaming me and stuff, I was extremely warm and extremely confident. So I just started pinging triples and I think I ended up maybe hitting 10 or 11 triples. Yeah, so that's awesome. In a nutshell, that was it. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. Yeah, all right. Scoring that many points is, it doesn't matter what competent, it's really hard. Like, the most I've ever scored was like 39 in some under-14s game, and I felt like I scored yeah. every possession. Like, yeah, yeah. I think I was just playing no, center, I had some smaller nice. guy on me, and I was just post-hooking layups all day. And then, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I respect it. Got to take it. Um, so I want to ask you now more about um, your college days. Um, firstly, um, how did you really get noticed by colleges to um, kind of see that 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 was an option and um that's what you wanted to do yeah um it was kind of it's hard to tell how i got um interest from stanford but generally speaking college interest for me came from actually my own work what i what i would do is just basically cut my own highlight tapes um compile this email with like a bunch of links to my highlight tapes and full game tapes and just a bunch of information on me my grades my class, stuff like that. And I'd just send out every night, I'd send out around 300 emails to this same list of Division One schools um, until I started getting replies. And so basically, I maybe had like 20 or 30 schools who were interested from just me sending out emails. Um, and then I made a national team and that kind of got some, um, I guess, exposure for me. And then from there, I just had a bunch of random schools reach out to me. And so 
I don't exactly know um, which mode was most effective in getting me interest, but I was doing a bunch of things. I was, yeah, as I said, I was sending emails. I had coaches reaching out for me. I made a couple of teams, which is kind of on a global scale, like recognized, I guess. Um, and then once my information was out there and once I started getting offers, um, other schools kind of see that and jump on and give me offers on top of that, if that makes sense. So, yeah, a, a, a bunch of ways. Yeah, that's cool. Um, how how young were you when you started sending the emails to all the different schools? Yeah, I was year 10. So I want to say 15, 15, 16. So just after I kind of made the commitment that I wanted to take it seriously, I, I was like, yep, yeah, okay, college is probably the next step. Um, how do we go about that? So I just went online, found emails for, for all these schools and just started um, being a pest and just sending out every night emails with my highlights on them. Yeah, yeah, that's really cool. Um so then, once you uh, had those college offers, um, like college offers, uh, what was the process in kind of choosing which college and then eventually signing on with Stanford? Yep, yeah, for sure. So the way the rules worked at the time was you were allowed five official visits, which basically means um, the school flies you and your family out. You stay in a hotel, you visit the school, you watch a game, you watch a training, um, and just basically experience what the campus is like. Um, once I had my offers, I kind of filtered them down to a top four or so and then basically just took the visit. So me and my family flew around America um, and I you know, visited these campuses and then made a call from there. But I visited Boise State, um, San Diego, University of Hawaii, and then, of course, Stanford. Yeah, right. Um, yeah. So what was it that uh, really like convinced you to sign on with Stanford? Like, What was it? Yeah. I think it was, I mean, it's the fact that academically they were the best in the country, like one of the best in the world. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm a pretty academic person. My, my family is very academic. So like that was a priority to me. But also it was probably the highest level of basketball school that I visited too. I think I remember having a conversation with my brother um, about, you know, which school I should go to. And he was saying, just jump in the deep end, just go to the biggest school you can and try and figure it out. So um, I guess in that sense, it had the biggest risk and the biggest reward. Like if it if it went right at a big school, like it could be really good. Yeah. Um, but obviously, there's, there was always the chance I was going to bite off more than I could chew and wouldn't wouldn't play or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so how how hard were the classes there? Because I remember watching that mm-hmm. as we spoke about Jeremy Lin before. He was talking on a documentary. He went to Harvard and how he was he was bloody struggling with the classes trying to play basketball and do that as well. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're tough. Like, it's it's definitely a balance um, trying to manage, you know, the road and, and basketball and all the commitments that come with just college life and the classes. But to be honest with you, like, nothing was harder than, than year 12 for me. I remember I was super committed to, you know, getting a good ATAR. We call it an ATAR. I don't know if you guys call yeah, it an yeah, ATAR here, but basically yeah. a good, yeah, a good year 12 score. And so I was studying maybe like four or five hours a night um religiously and by the time i got to college i was kind of prepared for that and then it probably wasn't as hard as it was for, for me in year 12 so i didn't struggle probably as much as uh most would um and i i have seen that too where jeremy talks about you know the struggle of the time management getting through the classes but um i think i'd already had the worst of it over here in australia i think the demand on me in year 12 was was pretty extreme so um i felt prepared i felt prepared for it to be honest with you yeah, that's really cool. Um, so what was the, the regime like in college with like, was there like nutritionists that told you what to eat? How, how was training? Like, 
How, like how strict yeah. were they on you? Like how how formulated were your days by the college? Yeah, they're pretty they're pretty uh, micromanaged. I'd say like there's like a very set schedule. Obviously, you've got your class schedule, you've got your practice and weight sessions and stuff structure around it. Um, with stuff such as like nutritionists and psychologists, stuff like that, there's access to it, which is great, but it's not as force fed as you might think. Like they don't watch everything you eat and, um, you know, track, you know, you know, all the micro whatever's and stuff like that. They kind of just give you information. Like we'd have a meeting every now and again, kind of guiding you as to what, you know, a healthy diet would look like or what a healthy day would look like. But, um, they don't control that as much, but definitely, I mean, with the travel and, you know, the class schedule and the practice and stuff like that, um, there was not much room to kind of, um, have, your own social time or anything like that like it was very much regimented yeah that's quite interesting because i remember listening mm. to jj reddick he's talked about just the crazy parties he had while he was at duke but <laughs> yeah i mean there's definitely there's definitely opportunity for it um that's not necessarily the life i lead but um yeah, yeah the college the college campuses are renowned for that and it was definitely some at stanford and some at the neighboring school so the party atmosphere is definitely around if you do want it yeah, right. Um, so quickly yeah. before I wrap up on college, best parts and worst parts of college? Like, Yeah, best parts, I'd say being able to travel and experience different parts of America and different stadiums and atmospheres and stuff like that. I think um, from like a playing perspective, um, carrying it into the NBL now, I feel very, very calm, very prepared every time I go to an, like an opponent's stadium or something like that. I never really feel intimidated by large crowds or, you know, opposition fans and stuff like that. And I think that's completely because of the college stuff. I think it's about as extreme as it gets. Um, another great thing was getting a great degree and just meeting great people at Stanford. I think Stanford's just such an amazing place, like on and off the court, um, very spectacular people everywhere, all kind of on their own journey trying to be great. And I think I benefited a lot from being around that. Um, and some of the worst parts, I'd say, one was maybe that that micromanagement. I think I lacked a little bit of freedom. Like I do definitely enjoy structure and stuff like that. But I think at times I felt, particularly on the court, I felt like I couldn't make a mistake or I was screwed or something like that. Like it's, it's very high stakes basketball and I get that. But I think uh, it's almost too overcoached or too over micromanaged um, in that. And then... I think another downside is just, just missing my family, missing Australia a little bit um, at times. But um, where I was in America, fortunately, was a, was a pretty beautiful place. Yeah, yeah. That makes complete sense, obviously, missing your family away in America, completely mm-hmm. different country. Yeah. But what, what um, degree did you end up doing at college? Yeah, I did sociology, um, which I guess is pretty broad. It's a kind of like a psychology, but on a macro level, like very much studying like behaviors and trends and like socioeconomic classes and stuff like that um and that that kind of leads into uh, if i were to you know do a job after basketball i think it would probably be in the business side or like the sports management side and so that kind of ties in pretty pretty neatly yeah yeah nice so quickly before i move off of college um one great story from college anything you got for us um yeah okay again on the spot it's tough but uh yeah, all right. I have one. Um, we 
to talk on like the college crowds, we one time hosted um, Montana, a team who were obviously visiting to play us. And student sections are a big thing. Like student sections put in a lot of effort to, I guess, put off the opposition team when they come to town. And one time we were in the game and all of a sudden our student section just basically starts shouting and raising this poster. And the poster was like a screenshot of a Tinder profile. Um, and the Tinder profile was of someone on the opposition team. And then next to it was another poster with a conversation that this, this person had had with someone at our school. So basically um, our, our student section had baited this poor guy from Montana into having a very uh, interesting conversation on Tinder with a girl. And then they kind of printed it out and showed it to everyone at the game and kind of uh, in an effort to put him off. So I thought that was kind of crazy. Yeah, that's a, that's a great story. On the spot. Yeah. Came in clutch. Um, yeah. Uh, so <laughs> after that, you signed with the Hawks after that. Yeah. Well, you first you were, you were going to transfer, weren't you? Yeah, I was. Uh, so I graduated in three years. You have four years of eligibility in college, um, playing eligibility. I got my degree done in three, and I was ready for, I guess, a bit of a change. Um, and so I was going to transfer to Cal- California Baptist University, um, which is in Southern California. Um, but with the COVID situation hitting, I kind of didn't trust that. The pandemic um, would be under control, especially over in America, and I didn't really want to risk wasting a whole year, um, you know, with an interrupted season and stuff like that. So I explored my NBA opportunities, and it all it all worked out here with uh, the Illawarra Hawks. So I signed out. Yeah, yeah, that's that's yeah, fair enough with the uh, the way that things ended up going. Better to be back at home. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that no, was good. So now on the, I'm interested. What's the difference in the regime with the Hawks as opposed to college, like? Uh, how different mm-hmm. is that? How different is that? Um, very different because one, there's no schooling. Um, it took me months to kind of adapt to that. I think the first, you know, my first couple of months here in Illawarra, I'd finish practice and I'd feel almost guilty that I didn't have to go study for five hours. You know what I mean? I just had so much free time. I didn't really know what to do with it. So, um, one being the schooling, I think two is it's a lot less, um, you know, you're not really baby fed in college. Like you've got staff members always reminding you, um, as I spoke on micromanaging you, telling you when to be there and where, like how and taking you places and stuff like that. Whereas this is kind of real life. You know what I mean? Like, all right, we have training at this time, weights at this time, figure it out, be there. Um, you know, go be a, be an adult, I guess, go do grocery shopping, cook for yourself, clean for yourself, figure out your own you know, housing apartments and stuff like that. So I think, um college life is like a good um preparation for for this but it's just kind of not real world everything's kind of still spoon fed to you a little bit whereas this is very much like figure it out for yourself um and just get it done i guess yeah definitely a very big change um Mm. so in your first season with the hawks um talk me through that because obviously you had some spotty playing time to begin with and then um start this season was again spotty playing time so how did you um like overcome that? And so like now, when when every time you come on the court, you're making threes, you're hustling, you're doing, you know, you mm-hmm. you you're looking like you know you should be a starter, right? So how how did you um overcome that original like worries about playing time and um yeah, yeah. bounce back to now? Yeah, I mean it's it's pretty similar. Um, yeah, I guess 
uh, pretty similar pattern between the two the two years. I'd say I think last year, um, you know, I played a little bit at the start and then I couldn't find the court. And then by the time finals came, I'd kind of found my stride and I was rolling. And I think um, I didn't really know how to how to deal with it last year. I just kind of um, it was very very frustrating. But I just kind of trained hard. Um, you know, believed in myself, cliche to say, but just waited for an opportunity and tried to execute. I think this year um, was, you know, a whole different story just because, um, yeah, I'd been through it, but I guess I felt like, um, you know, I, I was exhausted to an extent because I'd, I'd just been through it, you know. I felt like, oh, like I, I can play at this level. I've kind of shown that. Um, but obviously we've got um, a more talented team this year, so it's tougher to hit the floor. And I think for a while there I was just, um, you know, frustrated and, you know, trying to figure out how to approach it. But I think over the last couple of months, I just tried to simplify everything for me. I tried to um, break it down to a day-by-day thing where I wake up, try and have a good day, um, try and have a happy, good day, um, do everything right, do everything in my power to, to get better at basketball and put myself in a position to succeed. So um, my strength trainer will kill me if he hears this, but I was, I was going to just rec centers like there's one right near the snake pit um there's a rec center there i was paying eight dollars fifty on sundays to just go in and shoot and get back to my basics and just um practice my skills on my own time and just trying to build that belief up again that i could play um and then obviously a few games ago i got an opportunity and and since then i've kind of been rolling with it but um i think it was just the key was just to simplify everything and, and try and understand like just because i'm not playing doesn't mean i have no value doesn't mean i'm a terrible player or anything like that I think I just had to shift my mindset to, um, okay, like when my name's called, will I be ready? Like, will I be fine-tuned enough um, to, to help my team? And so, so far, so good with that. Yeah, so it just really came down to working harder so you were ready for that call-up. Um, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's a big it's a big mental game because obviously my, it's not like I lose my skills or anything like that, but, um, you know, it's such a large mental component um, being a good basketball player. You've got to be able to, put it all together on the floor at the right time. So um, I think just by going and practicing those skills and just reminding myself of, um, I guess, how good I actually am, um, it helped me when, when my name was called. Yeah, yeah. That's um, Beaton Park, the rec center you were talking about, yeah? Right next to... Yep, that's the one. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I, that's do, the I, one. I do athletics yep. there. Um, okay, yeah. cool. Um, so now I want to ask, so you earlier you talked about, you know, still obviously dreaming of the NBA, um, that's mm-hmm. the, that's the, really the epitome of basketball. So what are some like NBA comparisons you'd make for yourself of guys that kind of have a similar um, game to you and you think that, you know, you, mm-hmm. yeah, you play similarly too? Yeah, I think uh, right now it's someone like, I guess, TJ McConnell, um, Patty Mills to an extent, but I think, I think uh, the most value I'm bringing to my team right now is just being a gritty kind of hustling defender guy who, who makes shots occasionally. But I think that kind of TJ McConnell um, model is kind of what I'm going after right now. Um, I, although with that being said, I don't think he necessarily has the same sort of offensive skill set as me. I think we're kind of different on that end. So mm. I'd, I'd like to say, yeah, like a Patty, Patty Mills, kind of um, Fred Van Vliet, they're, they're kind of my guys who I'd like to play like. Yeah. Um, but I think right now I, I just – I'm not going to have the ball in my hands too much. I'm playing more off the ball. So um, kind of just like a spot-up shooter, more like a, 
I guess Paddy Mills when he's got all these other guys on, you know, he's got Kyrie and guys around him like that, where he's kind of not not dribbling it too much, just kind of spotting up and moving without the ball. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I can definitely mm. see the TJ McConnell um, watching you with the the hustle plays you've been making. Um, yeah, I appreciate it. A guy that um, I I really think that you kind of has a similar game style to is Desmond Bain, with the just great three point shooter, completely jacked and hustles hard. Jacked. <laughs> I was hoping you'd say that. No, nah, he's he's another guy. He's obviously a lot of, uh, a lot taller, and uh, I hate to say it, but a lot bigger. Um, but yeah, you're right. I do similar similar mold in a little bit. Yeah, I'm with yeah. I, I watch him, and it, it reminds me of watching you a lot at um, the home games. Um, I'll take it. <laughs> um, so just um, before I wrap up, um, just in your career. Um, what what was probably would you say your biggest setback that you really had to move past and then um, move forward from? Yeah, okay. Um, I'd say when I was, I want to say when I was sixteen, seventeen, I got cut from basically like a state institute. Like you know how like you've got the AIS and then each yeah, yeah. state you've got like the VIS and what we call the SASI, which is the South Australian Sports Institute. Basically, it's like a top 30 basketballers um, program. And when I was 16, that was kind of the only pathway to kind of get to a state team and then get beyond that. And so I got cut from that when I was 16 and I never actually got back into it. Um, And for me, that kind of at the time that marked like, okay, like you're kind of screwed here. Like you're not going to get into a state team and therefore you're not going to make it a national team. You're not going to go to college and anything like that. So I at the time that had me heartbroken um and that was probably the biggest um challenge i've faced because it just meant like it could have been a very slippery slope um away from basketball if that makes sense like there was just no other like tangible way for me to climb a ladder and so that was that but um i mean i guess i I found a way to sidestep it because i i just started grinding and i just started thinking all right well I mean, if I can get in games, in club games, and, and play well enough, and I've got video evidence of it, there's no reason why I can't, you know, send that around to, to colleges and then yeah. they can't, you know, they can't be interested. Like, it, just because I'm not on a team or anything like that doesn't mean I can't be a better basketball player, you know what I mean? So I just kind of tried to focus on, all right, just be a better basketball player and get proof of that and then just see if anything sticks. And so, um, yeah, it's probably that. Yeah, I could definitely see why that would be a very scary proposition when you're dreaming of playing basketball and just being cut from what you thought was your only pathway to doing that. Yeah, and then, 100%. Yeah, working past that would have been, yeah, really really hard to do, but then obviously great that you have done that. Um, any, yeah, exactly. any Any advice for the listeners um, on just sports, life, anything? Um, yeah, I mean, something, something I've kind of been going through lately um, is just trying to, simplify simplify everything um i know it just sounds very broad but just try to see things for what it is um and not try to get too kind of assumptuous you kind of got to like an example being me um with this season i think uh you know with not playing and stuff like that for the, for the large majority of the year so far um i was so tempted to just you know say to myself like you're done your shit like you're not going to find a way out of this and stuff like that but i think the strides i've made um this year um and something i'm trying to do more broadly is just kind of see it for what it is like okay you know the coach is making this decision right now that's not me that's not my doing 
what can I do to put myself in a better uh, position? So there's that. Um, and then coming with that is just not, not, not getting too high, not getting too low. Um, and so now that I've started to play and started to play well, um, I'm kind of on my own case. I don't want to be like, think I'm on top of the world or think I've made it or anything like that. Like there's still so much work to do and so far to go. I think I've just got to try to, um, you know, ride that wave out and then continue to work and don't be, don't be satisfied with the, you know, one good result. Like see if you can turn it into two, see if you can turn it into three. So that's kind of, uh, that's kind of where I'm at right now and something I'm still trying to work on. Yeah. I really like that. Um, that's quite similar to something that KD said in, uh, his interview he did with, uh, Draymond Green where he talked about, yeah, it's not getting too high, not getting too low, staying even, and then just like controlling what you can control and just working. Yeah. Exactly. That's that's basically all it is, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, I got two last things. Um, firstly, what are your more immediate um, future goals and aspirations, and then long term, obviously NBA. But uh, yeah, future goals and aspirations. Yeah. So right now, I'm in my contract um, at Illawarra ends after this season, and so um, my focus is right now having a great year personally and. And trying to get this team to win a championship um, in any way I can. So the role I'm playing right now is really neat because um, I can kind of control a lot of the result, um, like a lot of my personal result, just on my effort. It's not like I have to go out and score 50 every game or anything like that. I just have to play really hard and defend. So my immediate goal is to just continue to contribute to this team and and try and uh, solidify myself as a, as a good NBL player. Um, and then hopefully next year, I you know I get another great opportunity, whether it's here or somewhere else, um, and build from that. And then more broadly, I think I just want to, my goal is to play until I'm 40. I want to play as long as I can, as long as my body can take it. So um, I'd love to play in the NBA one day. I'd love to play in the Olympics and stuff like that. But it's kind of just, it's not really the way I'm built. I don't, I don't try to look too far ahead. So right now it's just, um, you know, having a good year this year and then try and get another contract and go from there. But I mean, I'm open to, I'm open to every league in the world. I'm open to Europe, China, America. I don't, I don't really know what I want just yet. So I'm just trying to um, get better as a basketball player and then try and make a living out of it for as long as I can. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, all right, before, before I let you go, I've just got 10 quick questions. Just going to give them to you rapid mm-hmm. fire. Um, some are on basketball, some are just random questions. Um, yeah. Sweet. All right, so firstly... Um, are there any great Hawks locker room guys? Just like amazing guys to be around. Uh, Daniel Greeter and Emmett Nah are my absolute boys. Yeah. Uh, favorite movie genre? Uh, horror. Horror. Uh, favorite moment yeah. or story of your career? Just a quick one. Uh, making my first Australian team after under twenty nationals, I got I got pulled in by the Australian coach, and he told me I was going to make. My first Australian team. That was massive. Yeah. Uh, funniest teammate, firstly current, and then secondly, just ever. Funniest teammate currently, um, Harry Froling has the potential to be the funniest, but he's also the most annoying. <laughs> and then the funniest teammate ever, uh, I'm going to say a dude at Stanford named Cormac Ryan. Yeah. He was a legend. Uh, yeah. How do you drink your coffee? I have a latte. If I'm feeling cheeky, I'll put a little vanilla in it or something like that. But lattes. Yeah. Double or single shot? Uh, usually single shot. Yeah, right. I'm a lightweight. Yeah. <laughs> uh, favorite highlight of your career? Uh, 
you know what? It's probably clinching playoffs last year at home against Perth. That was awesome. Yeah. What, like, what about like a highlight which like you've done, like snap someone, amazing Ooh, three, something like that? Okay. Highlight play? Yeah. Uh, oh, my first game winner. I played uh, NBL 1 when I was 17 or something for Sturt Sabres. Um, and I kind of came off a pin. We had like two seconds to go. I came off a pin down on like a baseline, out of bounds play and hit a game winner on the buzzer in my first game. So that oh, was yeah. probably the coolest. Little yeah, that's highlight. awesome. Yeah. yeah. Loved it. Blondes or brunettes? Oh, uh, I don't discriminate. Uh, yeah, that, that's a good answer. Yeah. <laughs> Favorite thing to I'm do on the court? Favorite thing to do on the court? Uh, like threes, dunks, blocks, whatever. Uh, threes, hitting threes. Yeah, yeah, for sure. What's a skill you wish you had or would like to have greatly improved? Like, you know, you have that so video. Okay. Like, you know, you have that um, video before the games and they're talking about threes and dunks and Lockie's just like, I wish I could do Oh, okay. What's, what's oh, skill? basketball skill? Yeah. I just, yeah, I wish I could do more dunk-wise. I've, <laughs> I've thrown like two two dunks down in warm-ups this year and it hurts my knees. So I wish I could do much cooler dunks or yeah. more often. Well, yeah, yep. you, what were you going to say before? The skill all around? Surfing. surfing. I was going to say surfing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, since being in the gong, I, I love surfing. I'm pretty bad at it, but I'm working on it. Yeah. Best guy on the Hawks to get a coffee with? Uh, I got to say my boy, Dan Greeter. Yeah. We've been getting a lot of coffees lately, having yeah. great chats. Yeah, nice. Is Greeter is coming back soon? He won't be back this year. All right. That, that he was, but he's, he's looking good. He's right, looking that's good. good. That's good. I see him around the snake pit. Hoping to see him back. Yeah. Love nah, he's, he's he's in good shape. Yeah, his hair's amazing. <laughs> um, but he's he's yeah he's got to take it um, take it slow. But he's looking really good. Like he's dunking and stuff already. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah, all right. Um, that's all I have for you. Thank you uh, very much for coming on. Oh, actually, no, thank you, my mate. My mate yep. just have one question for you. What's it feel no like worries. running out of the tunnel at a home game, bro? It's it's actually really cool. Uh, we didn't in in my college team. We didn't really do it like as much of a ceremony. Um, it, it's really cool, um, and I think the Hawks fans. I don't know if they've always been this good, but like it seems to be a very warm reception every time we run out. So I actually it's one of my favorite parts warming up. Yeah, yeah, that's all, that's awesome. Um, and then his follow up question was, yeah, do you feel welcomed by the Hawks guy from it? Which from that response, I'd take as a yes. I do. I think they do a really good job. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, yeah, that's all I've got. Um, thank you very much for coming on. Too easy. Thanks for having me, mate. That's sweet. Cheers. All right, guys, that's all we've got for the show today. Um, thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed that interview. I thought it was absolutely awesome. Uh, I really enjoyed doing it. And uh, thanks again to Isaac White for coming on and doing that for me. Um, yeah, have a good day. Have a good night, whatever time of the day it is that you listen to this. Have a good one. Peace.